You're listening to Bible Prophecy Daily, a weekday podcast where Bible prophecy matters and matters greatly. What does it mean to worship the beast? Hello, this is Bob Hunt from Zion's Hope Ministry in Winter Garden, Florida. And today I'd just like to share some thoughts and have us consider what that actually means. We read about it, but what does it mean and what will it mean um, coming up in our future, our very near future? So this session will focus on that end times phrase, worship of the beast. Most in modern cultures, modern Western cultures anyway, don't bow down before idols or statues. So what will this look like? What will this worship be? We read the phrase and we see it three times in Revelation. We see it in Revelation 13:4, 14:11, and chapter 20, verse 4. Today, we're going to focus in on Revelation 13, verses 1 through 4. We'll develop, first of all, who are we worshiping? So we'll focus on the beast. And we'll take a look and draw out eight characteristics that make up this beast, sort of building a profile of who the beast is. We need to know first what or who is the object of the world's worship. Once we have done that, we'll take a look at why would the world worship such a beast as we see who the beast is. And then we'll be touching upon periodically how our world is being prepared now in light of all of the upcoming events that we see. So let's begin our passage and let's just read the first four verses of chapter 13 in Revelation. Then I stood on the sand of the sea, and I saw a beast rising up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns, and on his horns ten crowns, and on his heads a blasphemous name. Now the beast which I saw was like a leopard, his feet were like the feet of a bear, his mouth like the mouth of a lion, the dragon gave him his power, his throne, and great authority. And I saw one of his heads as if it had been mortally wounded, and his deadly wound was healed. And all the world marveled and followed the beast. So they worshipped the dragon who gave authority to the beast, and they worshipped the beast, saying, Who is like the beast? Who is able to make war with him? Let's begin in verse 1 and kind of examine that verse as we build our profile. It starts off in the New King James Version anyway. I stood on the sand referencing John. Other versions say, And the dragon stood doesn't matter. It changed the meaning of which position you take on whether it's a dragon or whether it's John. So we're going to scoot by that really quickly and go to the word a beast. Did John see a seven-headed, ten-horned, ten crowns and blasp- with blasphemous names? Yes, that's exactly what he saw, and that's what he's describing. Now let me ask you this. Is this what we will see? In the 21st century, if it was to come now, would we see a seven-headed, ten-horned beast rise up out of the waters? No. Obviously, we're being told of something symbolic. So let's dig in a little deeper. We see that this beast is rising up out of the sea. 
First question comes to mind, sea, what sea? Why the sea? Well, the beast comes from the sea, probably and possibly of humanity, or better yet, from a place of evil. I think that's why Revelation 21.1 states there was no more sea in the new heavens and the new earth when it is created. So I'd like to lay forth point one or characteristic one of the beast. His origins will be that of evil, very much evil. Continuing on in chapter 13, verse 1, this beast has seven heads and ten horns. Clearly a reference to Revelation chapter 12, verse 3. Let me read it to you. And another sign appeared in heaven. Behold, a great fiery red dragon, having seven heads and ten horns and seven diadems on his heads. Now, the dragon is not the beast. 13.2 states that this way. Now the beast which I saw was like a leopard. His feet were like the feet of a bear. His mouth was that of a lion. The dragon gave him his power. So the power comes from the dragon. So we know who the dragon is. It tells us in chapter 12, verse 9. Verse 9 states, So the dragon was cast out, that serpent of old called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world. So quite clearly we're told who the dragon is. So the dragon is not the beast. But we have to note the similarities between the dragon and the beast. They both have seven heads. They both have ten horns. We're being told here, and the Lord is telling us through the prophet and apostle John, that these two pretty much have the same image. Sort of like father, like son. So we can conclude thus far that the beast is the image and the manifestation of Satan himself on earth. It's interesting how Satan always tries to mimic God. Jesus is God incarnate. And here is the beast, Satan incarnate, so to speak. So characteristic too. Not only will the beast be evil from a human perspective, but he'll also be demonic. Let's say satanic in nature. Let's continue on in verse 1. On one of his heads... I have to stop here. See the word heads if you're reading in your text? His heads. This is a personal pronoun used. Not its head, but his head. And so we have to note that because the word his is used in verse 2 twice, verse 3 twice, and the word him is used once in verse 1, 2, and 4. That's a total of seven times. We can't miss that the beast then is male and not a what, as many people have claimed it is. So the beast is a male, and I would conclude that he's a person. So point three, the beast is an evil, satanic, and a male person. Our profile is building as we look at who this beast that will be worshipped. Also in verse one, we see that it has blasphemous names on the heads. Only God can truly be blasphemed. Thus, I would conclude that this beast is anti-God. 
So point four, the beast is evil, demonic, a male person who is anti-God. The word anti could be taken in the meaning in the place of and against. Well, let's go now to verse 2 of chapter 13. Now, the beast which I saw was like a leopard. His feet were like the feet of a bear and his mouth like the mouth of a lion. The dragon gave him his power, his throne, and great authority. I believe this is a clear reference to Daniel's prophecy in Daniel chapter 7, verses 3 through 6. Now let's go there to that passage in Daniel and see the similarities between these two passages. I want to pick up in verse 3 of Daniel, chapter 7, verse 3. And four great beasts came up from the sea, each different from the other. Notice the source, sea. The first was like a lion and had eagle's wings. I watched till its wings were plucked off and it was lifted up from the earth, made to stand on two feet like a man, and a man's heart was given to it. And suddenly another beast, a second like a bear, it was raised up on one side, had three ribs in its mouth between its teeth, and they said thus to it, Arise, devour much flesh. After this I looked, and there was another, like a leopard, which had on its back four wings of a bird. The beast also had four heads, and dominion was given to it. It's interesting as we look at these four or three beasts in Daniel that we have a leopard, we have a lion, we have a bear. But did you note that it's in reverse order of what John has? John has the leopard as being the first item mentioned. Again, let me repeat that in, in uh, chapter 13 here. Now the beast which I saw was like a leopard. Daniel had it third. His feet were like the feet of a bear. Daniel had that also second. And his mouth like the mouth of a lion, which Daniel had. Why did John put it first? Why did he put it first? Why is a leopard first? Why did he reverse it? And this points to the Greeks' emphasis, the Greeks' importance, the Grecian leader, Antiochus Epiphanes. He represents the destroyer of the Jewish people and their religion. This is very much what the beast will do and what his focal point will be. No one destroyed the Jewish people and their religion like Antiochus Epiphanes. Even the phrase abomination of desolation originates in the Grecian Empire. Matthew 24, given by Christ on the Mount of Olivet, highlights this phrase. Antiochus, therefore, is a type for the beast who is to come, one that will come against the Jewish people and chase after them. Look at Daniel chapter 7, verse 7, the next verse. After this I saw in the night visions, and behold, a fourth beast, dreadful and terrible, exceedingly strong. It had huge iron teeth. It was devouring, breaking in pieces, and trampling the residue with its feet. It was different from all the beasts that were before it, and it had ten horns. Doesn't it sound an awful lot like John's description? The beast that rises up, the ten horns. Ten horns, very much like John's beast. The ten horns are kings of this final kingdom. 
Again, let's continue in Daniel. Let's go to verse 23 of chapter 7. Thus he said, we're getting a description of the fourth beast in a little more detail. The fourth beast shall be a fourth kingdom on earth, which shall be different from all the other kingdoms and shall devour the whole earth, trample it and break it in pieces. He will trample it in pieces. He had these kings are kingdoms and kings have kingdoms. And so we see the beast will have his own kingdom made up and comprised of many other kingdoms. So what do we learn? The beast will be a male world leader ruling over a kingdom, ruling over many countries. So point five, the beast is evil, satanic, a male person, anti-God and a world leader. But did you also notice this final beast is different? 723 of Daniel. He shall devour the whole earth, trample it, break it in pieces, vicious, in other words, ruthless. He will have the most evil attributes of all the previous three kingdoms combined. The leopard, the bear, and the lion all combined into one to produce and comprise this most vicious final kingdom. So point six, the viciousness of this final kingdom or king is something we have never seen before. And no wonder when we look at Revelation 13, 2. So let's go back to chapter 13 and look at two. Where did this beast get his authority, his power? Well, in verse two, it concludes the dragon gave him his power, his throne, and his great authority. So he will have great authority to do what he wants, when he wants, and how he wants it in this final stage of his empire. Satan was behind all the evil of the first three kingdoms, but here he is given almost unlimited power over the world. And his puppet, the beast, will do his bidding. Oh, and what power he will have. Look at verse 4 of chapter 13 in Revelation. It says here at the end, And they worship the beast, saying, Who is like the beast? Who is able to make war with him? Notice the reference to his power. The power that this king will have will be beyond incredible and evil. The world was calling him, in other words, incomparable, invincible, supreme. Can I use the word Almighty. Oh, these are the Lord's attributes. Surely blasphemy upon blasphemy is seen. But we've seen this before in other scripture texts. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 3 through 4 reads this way. Let no one deceive you by any means, for that day will not come unless the falling away comes first. And the man of sin is revealed, the son of perdition, I would call him the beast who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God or that is worship. So he sits as God in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Blasphemy. He's taking the place of God. Point seven. Beast is evil. He is satanic. A male person. 
anti-God, a world leader over many countries, ruthless and almighty. The Lord is being replaced and eliminated in the beast's final kingdom. Think about it. We see this today's world, don't we? Social media, if you've watched it lately, on the news websites, creation, male and female, sexuality, the flood, Babel, Joseph and the Exodus, the resurrection. It's all under attack, all under attack. Christianity is coming under their attack. As a result, church attendance is dropping dramatically. The Bible is being shelved. The younger generation has no need for it. Faith and belief is anything you want to believe. What is truth? Pontius Pilate echoed those words long ago, but the sentiment is still heard in our world today. What is truth? You've heard about AI, artificial intelligence, now a part of our lives. Its influence will grow more and more in our lives. Its truth will rule the world. But who's going to control AI? At least I can see AI being a tool of the beast. We have become so dependent on the internet that deception will all be too easy. Latter days blindness and darkness are overshadowing us right now. I can only think of 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 11. And for this reason, God will send them strong delusion that they should believe the lie. I think the lie is being laid. Everything's the foundation is out there. We're being lied to constantly. The truth is being buried. Deception is being the norm. The United Nations, the World Economic Forum, the World Health Organization, they're all looking for ways to unify the world. They wonder how or even who could do this. Little by little, the world is being prepared for the entrance, or should we say the rising of the beast. You need to eliminate the one true God and replace him with a lie or a liar. Now comes to the second part of this whole session. What would lead the world to worship such an evil, all-powerful, demonic, vicious leader? It seems to lack common sense. You would run from such a leader. But instead, the world will worship this leader. Revelation 13.3 answers that question. So let's read it. And I saw one of his heads as if it had been mortally wounded, and his deadly wound was healed, and all the world marveled and followed the beast. There it is. Now many have conjectured and thought about this, what this mortal wound will be. Will the beast die and come back to life? Or what could be more amazing than that? It'd just be like Satan to mimic the resurrection of Jesus. Do not be deceived, Jesus said in Matthew 24. For the Lord allows a real resurrection or a fake, the world is still going to stand in awe of the beast. So it brings me to point eight. The beast is evil, satanic, male person, anti-God, a world leader, ruthless, almighty, and now he will appear immortal. 
Did you note the world's reaction to this healing of the mortal wound? And all the world marveled and followed the beast. They marveled. They were amazed, as it says in some translations. We're not easily amazed these days. We have technology. We've gotten kind of used to what used to be amazing. Technology has changed all that. But this, this healing, this act by this beast, this will cause the world to fall on its knees before this world leader. His evil nature and character, they won't matter. Just his miraculous power, or what seems to be miraculous power. Today, have you noticed character and integrity in our world leaders is not important at all? You look at our sports world. It reflects the same attitude. Never mind politics, we won't even go there. Or the business world. Sadly, even in our church leaders today, all they say is, just amaze us. We don't care about your nature, your character, your integrity. Just amaze us, they say. Well, that'll be the way it is with this final beast. Amaze us. When they see all this, what will happen? They will marvel. They will awe. They will be amazed. And then what? They will follow. When we hear following, we would imply obedience. They will obey his commands. Do what he says no matter what or who he is. That's a pretty scary thought from a Christian perspective. It's unthinkable. But should we be surprised? Isn't that what happens in our world today with the leaders that we follow today? Are they not equally as corrupt and evil? Yet many, many will follow them. Well, following someone Obeying them leads to worship. Look at verse 13, chapter 13, 4 of Revelation. So they worship the dragon, which is the underlying source, Satan himself, the devil himself, who is indwelling, empowering the beast. They will worship the dragon who gave authority to the beast, and they worship the beast, saying, who is like the beast? It says, look, Satan has won, isn't it? If we didn't know the end, we'd be in, in a fright for sure. The word worship, proskuneo in the Greek, is to kiss the hand, to do reverence to, to bow down before. That's what will happen in the end age. Oh, they may not make statues, or they may, but they will certainly give worship to the beast. Most of the world doesn't worship idols this way, but the world will exalt, pledge allegiance to, pay tribute to, even give glory to, and obviously obey his commands. Goes right to the heart of what real worship is. Isn't this what the Lord Jesus Christ desires from his people? Satan has always wanted this right from the beginning. And for a short while, a short time, he will have it. They, unbelievers, dwellers of the world, will follow him, sadly, right into the lake of fire. Let me summarize. Soon someone so evil, so deceitful will arise, empowered by Satan, seize control through deceit, and the world will follow and worship him. Blinded by the ruler of this world. I'd like to take a quick look at what worship is in Revelation chapter 5, verse 11 through 14. If you're there, please read along. 
Then I looked and I heard the voice of many angels around the throne, the living creatures, the elders. The number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing in every creature which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and such as are in the sea and all that are in them, I heard saying, blessing and honor and glory and power be to him who sits on the throne, even to the Lamb forever and ever. Then the four living creatures said, Amen. And the 24 elders fell down and worshiped him who lives forever and ever. It's alarming to me that the world will give this kind of worship to anyone other than Jesus Christ, never mind the beast. But it's going to happen. But we take strength that Jesus alone deserves our worship. As Christians, we need to remain strong, stand firm, even as the beast arises. Do not be deceived. Exercise discernment. Well, this will conclude our study today. And for more teaching on eschatology, please visit Zion's Hope website at zionshope.org. I'd like to conclude just with one little phrase as John wrote in Revelation 22:20, 20, Amen. Even so, come, Lord Jesus. I'd like to sign off and say goodbye for now. But keep looking and keep looking up because he is coming soon. Amen. Thanks for listening to Bible Prophecy Daily. We hope you learned something valuable today. Be sure to subscribe wherever you heard this podcast so you never miss an episode. 